In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to a city of David that was called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in a swaddling cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. The same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that is for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ our Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that he had been told them concerning this child. All those who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying praising God for all that they'd heard and seen as it had been told to them. The gospel of the Lord. I won't be long tonight, but I do want us to take a moment and to really come present to what this moment means for us. This moment of the incarnation changed everything. Some might ask why the incarnation Why would God take on flesh and dwell among us? What is the significance of this? What is it that's happening? Why is it important? Why is it so significant? But even once we realize some of its significance, some still may ask, but why the incarnation? Why could God not have done this some other way? And sometimes I think we might wonder, I don't know about you, but sometimes I I know some of you, Um, you have a hard time receiving. You know, and I, I, I do too sometimes. But when things come in your life and people try and give to you or try and and bless you, there's a part of us that kind of goes, ooh, I'm a bit uncomfortable with this, right? You don't need to do that. Or we want to say really quickly, it's like now we're, now we're out of balance, so thank you, but I'll I'll get you back next week, right? We we just, we have this kind of way, but we're uncomfortable with receiving, And so some might look at the incarnation and say, this is amazing what God is doing for us. Surely we don't deserve this. And surely there's some other way than for God to humble himself, the creator of the world, and to take on flesh and come among us. Why the incarnation? To understand the good news of this day, to understand the incredible significance and the gift that Christmas, that the incarnation of Christ is to us, we actually have to start by recognizing the darkness that has touched our lives. If we don't understand how much we needed Jesus to come, 
you're not going to understand how good a news this is. But if we stop tonight, and then we'll continue to journey, but if we stop right here for this moment and recognize the world is a mess, and if we think about the state of the world and we prayed together tonight for it, but even if we bring the state of the world and the darkness and the mess a little closer home, and we think honestly and humbly about our own lives, we realize, as good a person as I am, I wrestle with the darkness. Greed tries to make its way in my Comparison and judgment, I wrestle with it. Sin and darkness, the lust, the covetousness, it just goes on and on. These things, they touch our lives. The darkness isn't only just out there. It's touched our lives too. The Bible tells us that when God created us, he didn't create us in dark. He said, let there be light, and there was light. And, 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 the, and, and Adam and Eve, they walked with God, and he said to them, listen, I've given to you this place, this incredible Eden, this incredible earth, to live in with me and to walk in with me in communion, this is what I created you for. There's one thing that I'll ask you not to do. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The rest is yours to, to feast on. But don't eat from this tree. And it's, it, it's important for us to recognize what he told them. If you do, it will lead to death. They, they, they were given full warning. They were given full understanding that if you were to sin, if you were to turn from the way of God for which you were created, it would lead to death. Paul would later sum it up that way when he said that the wages of sin is death. And they ate, we all know this story. And even if we don't know that story, not one of you looked at me when I talked about the darkness in our own lives as if I was mean or crazy. You all get it. That there's a reality to our lives in which something we were created for, a life and a way of life, has been messed up. Athanasius put it this way. He talked about that moment of the fall as this moment of us as humans, us as mankind being dehumanized. We lost ourselves. That in that moment, who we were meant to be and the life we were meant to know, it began to slip away. And we began to look at one another and be confused about who we were and what this was all about. It just started like sand through a sieve. That's why today is such good news. Because God saw this happen and God didn't give up on us. He knew we'd lost ourselves. He knew that we had lost our way and that darkness had started to set into our hearts. It had started to set into the world around us. If you read through those opening chapters of Genesis, right after this fall, the very next chapter, a brother takes his own brother's life. It goes bad really fast. But the good news of tonight, the good news of this scripture, as John would capture it in his prelude to his gospel, is that the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. 
He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. And so you may have heard it said at different times as you've bumped shoulders with Christians or been in the church this term. It's, it's not used as often in 2022, but we would often use this word born again, right? To speak of someone who was a Christian, someone who followed Jesus. This is why. Because having died, having been touched by the darkness, when we receive Christ who's come in the incarnation, we're born again. Not this time of the flesh. Not this time into the mess. But this time into oneness with the God who created us. This is very good news. So Christmas is actually more exciting than we often remember. And I don't know, some of you adults at this point might be really tired of Christmas and it hasn't even started yet. Right? You've been slaving away over dinners and getting ready, for, you know, going to work parties that you didn't want to go to and going to Costco on the Friday right before Christmas and you're thinking, this is crazy, why are we doing this? Let me pull you back into why we do this. Let's lay that aside and let's recognize we are to celebrate over this next 12 days one of the greatest gifts that will ever be given. When the creator of the world stepped down into his creation to redeem it. The, the wonder of Christmas is beyond comprehension. You were in the dark and Christ came into the darkness. Sometimes we, we make this about all kinds of things that it isn't about. This is what it's about. This is what it means to follow Jesus. In the reading that Beth read, we are told in this prophecy that the time would come when the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them the light has shined. This is Christmas the fulfillment of ancient prophecies, of ancient promise, the working out of God's heart for those who had gotten themselves into a bit of a mess. When Zechariah prophesies over Jesus' cousin in the womb, he has this beautiful prophecy that he speaks over him as soon as he's born. Your name will be John the Baptist. And then he begins to prophesy. And he tells him, you will prepare the way for Jesus. But then he actually prophesies this of Jesus. Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. And all of a sudden there's this baby born to a virgin. I don't have to tell you that doesn't happen. took on flesh, but not of Adam's seed, not of the fallen, 
not of the darkness, and lives a life full of light. John's Gospel goes on to say, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory as of the Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Friends, we are in the darkness, not only by someone else's fault. When God took on flesh and dwelt among us, thus, this is the definition of grace. This great gift was not deserved. We didn't earn it. He did it because he loves you. He did it because he would not leave you in the darkness. But nor could he go against his word. Nor could Jesus just say, oh, Let's just wipe the slate clean and not worry about it. Because he had said right from the beginning that sin would lead to death. And if God is anything, he's faithful to his word. And so he took on flesh so that he could die. So that the the need would be filled. That the price would be paid. Into the darkness, into the dehumanizing of humanity, humanity's creator moves in grace. He takes on flesh with the cross in sight. And like light into the darkness, Jesus came to die that you might live. The shepherds come after hearing this announcement. And this is a Rembrandt painting uh, that Rembrandt did. uh, He actually did a number of paintings of the nativity. This is one of them. And this one specifically is called The Adoration of the Shepherds. What I love about a lot of Rembrandt's paintings, especially those that involve Christ, uh, and this one is an example of that, is that the, the light in the painting is centered in one spot, very obvious. Um, I've got a larger picture of the painting in, in, in my notes tonight. It's quite a bit bigger than this, and except for what you see here, it's almost black. You have to come look pretty close to see all the detail of the barn and the shepherds. and The light is centered. It, it's set here on Christ. On the light that came into the world. And he wants to draw our attention to Jesus, but he also wants us to with him think tonight about this. If you're in the dark, if darkness has touched your life, if you're stuck, if you need freedom tonight, if you need healing, if you need life, fix your eyes on Jesus. Because he still comes into the darkness. And the promise of John's gospel is that the darkness will not overcome the light. This is the good news of Christ. 
Athanasius said, Athanasius was um, a church father who, who many of us owe the clarity of a gospel and our faith to. And he said it was our story that caused the word to come down. Or sorry, it was our sorry case that caused the word to come down. Our transgression that called out his love for us. It is we who were the cause of his taking human form and for our salvation that in his great love he was both born and manifest in a human body. Friends, the incarnation happened with you in sight. It happened with the brokenness of our world in sight. Anything that you see of the darkness and the way that it touches the globe today, the incarnation happened with that in sight. Come, Isaiah said. Come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given. To lost and darkened parts of this world and to our own life, Christ has come. Because of the tender mercy of our God, by wherefore the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Tonight, if you aren't in relationship with Jesus, if, you, if, if you've never come into that light, if the darkness of your life and, the, and the, your need for healing and salvation, your need for freedom and life and life to the full has not been met in Jesus, I want to invite you tonight to come and to walk in the light of the Lord. Consider as we go to prayer um, what it would look like to say, Jesus, I still have much to learn about you. But tonight, I would like to make you the Lord of my life. And to pray, saying, Jesus, I want to come. And I want to, like the shepherds, gaze upon Christ this Christmas and come to know you. That that same kind of song might rise up in me. That my mourning might turn into dancing. That my sorrow might turn to joy that the darkness of my life might be overcome by light, that I might know life and life to the full. Because remember, John promised that all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. For all of us tonight, regardless of who you are, where you're at, I'm inviting you to walk in the light of the Lord. All year, but certainly over the next 12 days, to just fix your eyes on Jesus. When our newsletter goes out tomorrow, I put a link to that painting. Maybe if, you're, if that's helpful for you, you'll pull it up and you'll use that sometimes in your prayer just to, to look and to let Rembrandt help you consider the light of Christ come at Christmas. Like Rembrandt, like the shepherds that day, Jesus was born. Behold, behold Jesus, and so be touched by the light, and here's the fun part, become like the shepherds in this, that you're lit up. You know, Jesus will later say to his people, you're the light of the world. Why? They've come close to the light. The light has come in their lives, and it shines. And then we become incarnational. We become like people who go into the darkness. 
And because we're there, the light comes. Lord, let it be. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for who you are. I pray that tonight each of us would know the joy of the incarnation. That we would behold you, Jesus, and be touched by, marked by, the glory and the goodness of Jesus in our lives. That we would know that joy. And secondly, Father, I pray that you would come and that you would light us up. That we would walk in an authentic way. That we would, we, we would walk and not hide our darkness. But invite you right there. And that the world around us would see as Jesus comes to the very real struggles of our lives and brings light into darkness. Jesus, we thank you tonight. Thank you for the gift that is Christmas. The gift that was the incarnation. And we say uh, tonight as we continue in worship and prepare our hearts for the table, Lord, would you come and would you draw us into the good news of Jesus tonight? Be glorified in us as we continue to meet with you. Amen.